Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm Lorelai Weissel-Labrizzi. And coming soon to Chicago near you, I am Cristolano. Well, assuming Chicago is near you. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, there's only generally one Chicago near everyone, uh, except for maybe, I don't know, all the other cities and towns that also happen to be named Chicago. How many Chicagos are there, I wonder? I'm going to guess just one, you know, just the one Chicago. It's very, very um, unique. Maybe. Uh, anyway, yeah, so some news came out today. That, Apparently, uh, too. Apparently there's one Apparently Wisconsin. two. Oh, there you go. Chicago, Wisconsin. Please, please do not go to Chicago, Wisconsin uh, looking for me. I will not be there at any point in my life. Uh, so the Vorthos cast has a main stage panel Saturday at 11 a.m. If you want to come check it out, it is called Wanted Scoundrels of the Multiverse. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the rogues and ne'er-do-wells of the Magic Multiverse, uh, some of whom will be in the new set Outlaws of Thunder Junction, and some of whom may or may not. So that'll be fun. Uh, one, yeah. one slight correction. It's called the Mana Stage. The, oh my god. It's a good pun. <sighs> it... it yeah. It's cute. <laughs> it is, it's true. You're you're right. I, 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 I give up. You're right. It's just, I'm real excited to hang out with my friends in the podcast again and also see all of you folks who are going to be there because I feel like this one's going to be a big event. There's a lot of people I know who are going. A lot of really cool people in the magic world will be there. Um, directly after our panel is one with like all of the big wigs of Wizards of the Coast <laughs> Magic the Gathering. So That's like a mm -hmm. one. Yeah, like yeah. Mark Rosewater, yeah. Aaron Forsyth, all of them are going to be there for that. So it'll be and, a, it'll and be Roy, fun. our, our Roy, favorite, yeah. our favorite, uh, yeah, story lead Roy. We got to hang out with uh. Roy again. That's going to happen. <laughs> Woohoo! More like we're going to wave in passing as we leave. <laughs> oh God! Like Mark, Mark Rosewater will have me like trapped as I have to walk <laughs> past. That 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 might not go well after I made some rulings for Vorthos. <laughs> Yeah, everything with a plant is counts as Gaia. You've been wanting to kill magic for a really long time. I'm just saying, both you'll have an opportunity. <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about today. What we are here to talk about is the brand new official magic cookbook, Cuisines of the Multiverse. And if you haven't heard about this, uh, it's not your fault. They are not really promoting this book very much. Uh, I've seen like zero advertisements for it. Um, that sucks because this is a really cool book. Really yeah, nice this is this is this is really a great product, uh, and I'm excited to to talk about it today. Uh, I got to have some input on into it uh, in terms of like both what some recipes are called and what recipes actually made it into the book. Yeah. My, uh, uh, actually my wife, uh, I ran past a number of the Kaladesh dishes, uh, past my, um, Indian wife and, uh, Maddie, Put um, Maddie Putney. And, uh, yeah, so we, well, we'll talk about that when we get there. Wait, hold on, hold on. No, no, Jay, give us, give us your best Borat, my wife. Come on. My wife. Hey, good enough. <laughs> Yeah, so it's kind. You might think it's kind of weird. Why are we talking about a cookbook? Uh, and uh, well, 
we've got two authors listed here. Uh, the first is Victoria Rosenthal, who's written a whole bunch of IP rooted cookbooks. Um, I I know uh, she did uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog one, which is great. If you look up the cover, obviously there's chili dogs right on the front. Um, but also Jenna Helen, who is a was I guess a uh, longtime member of the creative team from like Alara to I think the last set she had hands in was like Wilds of Eldraine, a little bit. Um, but Jenna was there forever. She also wrote a story for the March of the Machine, uh, for the Eldraine section, I believe, of March of the Machine, right? Did she? Yeah. yeah. It's 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 hard to it's hard to tell like what because you know things are in various stages of development. What I'll say is I think the last set she was a lead on, yeah, uh, was Streets of Nukapenna. Yeah, yeah and she left before Nukapenna. And that's what, because she left, they're like, oh, well, Jay, you're Italian. Do you want to come talk about this set? And I said, yes, of course. Uh, yeah, don't worry. They had me on the text team. I made sure it was uh, culturally appropriate. Um, <laughs> but uh, Jenna's listed as an author because every single recipe in this book has a little lore blurb on it. Um, there is kind of a... Uh, the, the the book is broken up by planes. So um, a handful of planes were selected that have a bunch of recipes inspired by uh, those planes. Uh, and then each recipe has um, a, a little story bit. And each plane has its own POV character, except Eldraine, I think, which is just a bunch of, like, fairy tales, which is cute and good. Um, <laughs> so uh, Jenna wrote uh, a whole bunch of little lore things uh, for the book that are cute and... Wonder what Jay, as uh I did want to ask this before we get too too far into it. As uh the official lore master for Magic the Gathering, how canon are the lore blur- blurbs in this book? I will say blurbs correctly one time eventually. <laughs> that was your one time. Uh, they I will say mostly canon. There are a few things that are in there just to be cute. Like Xenagos, Xenagos's whole POV. Xenagos is not existing as a consciousness uh knowing that he is um knowing that he's dead or anything like that don't expect a xenagos return uh xenagos is largely there because you know that was jenna's whole thing back in the original theros yeah uh so you know don't don't over uh, i guess my my answer is don't overthink it there's nothing in here that is going to be a hint at a future story arc that's not what this is about. Uh, this is all also takes place before uh, Dominaria United, uh, and in some cases before uh, uh, Kamigawa Neon Dynasty uh, in the Kamigawa <clears throat> section in particular. Uh, although it, it's it's a little all over the place too, so that we could include certain characters. Yeah. So everyone who's going to update the wiki with things just mark dubiously canon. I'm sure that'll keep it every everyone straight about what's real and what's not. <laughs> I will say, I don't think it's canon, but I think it is internally canonically compliant in that when you read a story sure. from a character's point of view, like, it's that character's point of view. It's how that character would do it. So I, I like that. Whether or not it's yeah. canon in the universe is not really. It's a cookbook. Come on. <laughs> we're not we're not yeah. looking for for canon story here. We're looking for fun little 
know, flavor text, basically. Look, I, okay, yeah. hold on. We'll get there. But you can't just write off cookbooks as not being canon when we have literally the Underworld Cookbook by Asmarana Martica Dice of the Kuldakar as existing canon in Magic the Gathering. More on that yes, later. But we'll get there. I think I think her recipe for granite gargoyle wings is a little different in this book than her book. So yeah, she could have we'll developed it yeah. since then. We'll get um, there. So, uh, so, so real quick. So, yeah, Jenna wrote around 12,000 words for this book, which is like two side stories or one Miguel two story. to three. Yeah. Uh-huh. Two, one, Miguel, <laughs> one Miguel story. I love that. It's it's about two regular stories or one Miguel. I love it. So, yeah, it's it's good. It's it's definitely worth your time. It's cute. Uh, spoiler alert. Chris even mentions that uh, a one of the sections made him cry. It, I teared up. I was getting a little emotional over a cookbook recipe. I, I, I will admit that. Um, I'm very impressed by the way that this book manages to... Uh, the lore blurbs are one part of it, but also even the recipes themselves uh, are telling a little story. And so I, I really enjoyed reading through this. I thought it was a wonderful, wonderful book, and everyone should buy it. It's not that expensive, and you'll probably cook something out of it at some point. There's a lot of good recipes. It's a great gift item if you are uh, friends with or related to a magic fan who likes to cook. Great gift item. Holiday time is here. Perfect time to pick this up. That's my big sales pitch. There you go. <laughs> I also I also want to say getting into like talking about the book itself uh, from a gift pers- perspective, from a book perspective, it's full of art. Like every, mm-hmm. not just like the photographs of the food, but like just magic art. Some of it is like tangentially related to food. Some of it is just food from magic. And some of it is just like cool art of planeswalkers and stuff. Um, so if you have, I don't know, if you have a fan of magic art, uh, you can get them the visual guide by uh, Jay and Ellie from DK. Or mm, also, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Or also get that. them the cookbook because like you can open up to a random page and there's just like, a beautiful spread of the Aether Hub from Kaladesh. There's a full page Nissa art. There's just a lot of like really, really nice magic art in here too. Um, and the book is a cookbook, which means um, to talk about it as an item itself, I will say the thing about cookbooks is they have to be designed to lay flat on a table or on a counter while you're cooking. And this one accomplishes that very well. Uh, you can just lay it down and open it up and it'll lay flat. Uh, to any recipe you pick, so you won't, you know, be struggling with that. Um, that does mean that it is a cookbook uh, in that uh, there's a good chance that if you're cooking something and you keep opening it up, you might like lose a page or something like that. That's just how cookbooks work. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Pages will come out at some point. You'll spill something on it. It's a cookbook. Enjoy it. I did. So I <laughs> shall, shall we dive in? Yeah. So the whole book begins with an opener uh, from Teferi, which is really kind of sweet, where Teferi is talking about how, like, food brings people together. It's it's just a nice way to set the tone. Mm-hmm. It does. I like that it's also sort of time agnostic. This could be Teferi at any point in his story. Um, it's not really connected to any sort of particular arc, and I like that. I thought it was nice to, like, I don't know. He's, he's just a fairy talking about food. It could be before everything happened with Phyrexia. It could be afterwards. He could be on Zalfir. It doesn't specify. 
<laughs> so, uh, and then we jump into Ravnica, uh, which is a story told from Krenko's point of view, uh, where Jace hires Krenko. I don't remember if Jace in this point of view is still living Guild Pact or not. Um, do either of you remember? It, it doesn't really matter all that much. Uh, but he hires Krenko essentially to go steal uh, the recipes that are most uh, illustrative of each of the guilds. So we get a, re- a recipe for every guild here. Uh, he is former guild pact at this point in time. And also, I don't think he tells Krenko to steal the recipes. I think he tells Krenko to gather the recipes. Um, I think you are he maligning. Knew what he, you know what you're getting when you when you hire Krenko. I think allegedly. you are maligning a perfectly legitimate business goblin. You're right. You're right. What was I thinking? Of mm. course. Yeah, we get we get a recipe for each guild, and we also get a guild agnostic recipe. And the very first recipe of the book, which is Bellerin's Blend, uh, which is a like egg coffee drink, which is really cool. Egg coffee is like a Vietnamese uh, originating drink um, developed after wartime when there wasn't a lot of milk in Vietnam, and so they substituted coffee yolks. Um, and I like that. I like that this is already setting us up to understand what kind of food we're going to get in this book. It is a interesting drink recipe. And it's also like when you go to Ravnica, you think every recipe is going to be like inspired by Prague and like other, I guess like Eastern European cities that Ravnica kind of takes inspiration from. Uh, But no, you get egg coffee and it's blue. So (laughs) it's very cool. Uh, you also get uh, Azor's seals, which are a nice pastry where they did a little Azoria symbol on the pastry, which is very cute. Uh, a lot of this looks really good. I haven't we haven't had a chance to cook any of this yet, uh, but we're definitely going to make some of the Kaladesh recipes in my house. Yeah, so each each guild gets their own recipe for Ravnica. Um, there's a couple of standout ones that we can talk about, but they're all very much inspired by the grill, the grill the guild that they are um, taking inspiration from, which I think is really nice. Yeah. So like uh, the Azorius have a keyhole cake. Rakdos has demon. Oh, Demir. I'm sorry. Demir have a um, lore master. (laughs) I know. Uh, The Rakdos have demon delights, which are like funnel cake, uh, which looks really good. Appropriate for a circus. Yeah. The gruel have grulash so uh which is <laughs> so many of the recipes have pun names and they're all wonderful also wonderful. yeah there's there's one there's one later on that that made me groan when i read the name for it <laughs> yeah they are they are all good that was uh between jenna victoria and myself we we, we hit a lot we nailed a lot of these recipe names uh, Tristani has a three bean salad because, you know, Tristani is a three in one being, uh, I loved Victoria's ideas for these recipes here. This, this worked out really well. One thing I really love about the recipes that you kind of catch on really early is like I mentioned, like they are inspired by the world of magic. So like some of these recipes are pretty intense. They're not recipes that you might make on a, a regular day and they're just inspired by the theme that they're pulling from. Uh, for example, Orzhov's Splendor, uh, or Orzhov's Splendor, excuse me, which is a, like, really beautiful, like, steakhouse tomahawk steak recipe. 
Um, <laughs> the kind of thing that you would probably spend like a hundred dollars at a nice steakhouse to buy. And I thought that that was appropriate. That brand. is like indulgent. Yeah. With a, with a cream and brandy sauce. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh boy. This is, this is, like I said, you're going to spend a lot of money on this steak and that is appropriate for the Orshov. Uh, as someone who has spent a lot of money on a lot of fancy steakhouse steaks, um, no, please make this for me. Someone <laughs> out there, please volunteer to make this for me. I love fancy steaks. <laughs> uh, some of the other good ones, uh, one of my favorite puns in this that I wish I could take credit for is the Niv Fizzit, uh, which is a fizzy lemon, uh, lemon like lemon ginger uh, drink, which just looks amazing. I, I definitely want to put this to one together and try it. Yeah, the uh, as a cookbook, it has, you know, there are like dinner entrees, lighter meal stuff, appetizers, desserts, cocktails, like every plane has a variety of different kinds of recipes. And the book as a whole has just like meals you can make somewhere for any kind of occasion. Yeah, uh, I also uh, specifically for like Niv Visit and all of these Ravnica ones, uh, each of the blurbs is like also highlighting a character from the plane so like niv fizzit is apparently a recipe from racta or from a uh, ralzeric while the um demon delights from ractos are ractos's own recipe which is just a cute thought that this giant demon has created a, a funnel cake recipe <laughs> I, I, need, I need art of him wearing kitchen mitts um and then to, to round out the guilds we have Vraska's undercity bruschetta uh Boros Legion rations, which is actually three recipes for like a jerky, a trail mix, and like uh like a protein a bar, bar or something. A nut bar, yeah. yeah. Uh and then Krasis Fusion Boil, which is just a low country boil, uh, which I think is adorable because it's like crab claws, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a um it's also a fusion dish, if I recall correctly. Uh, this is a, uh, it's, it's Viet, it's a Viet Cajun seafood, uh, which is a really cool, cool idea. Yeah. One thing we were, I'm going to mention several times in this, uh, is that a lot of these recipes are not traditional Western recipes that you might expect from like Americans writing a cookbook. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like that. And I appreciated that a lot that they are pulling from different cuisines around not just the multiverse and the story, but the actual world that we live in. Mm -hmm. So, really um, cool you know, way of doing things. What are you going to say, Lorelai? So, well, I was going to segue. Um, <laughs> you know, who else uh, filled a cookbook with some unique recipes uh, is Asmarano Martica Dice of Kuldakar. This brings us to our next section, Dominaria. Uh, each each plane section also has like a little intro bit about the plane, uh, and uh, so my my questions about hey what is the canonicity of this uh, cookbook Jay uh, is because of this section because um, Asmarana Marta Asmarana Martica Dyson Akuldakar uh, I'm currently <laughs> suffering from uh, COVID booster crap and so uh, this is a, a tricky word for me to say um, <laughs> is the POV character for the Dominaria section because how could she not be? Um, you know, the the Underworld Cocobook was a flavor text in Alpha uh, on Granite Gargoyle um, which we'll get to at the end of this section 
and so uh, the Dominare section is just kind of Asmarana, um, Marnica, Dyson, Akultakar wandering around Dominaria, checking out different local recipes on different continents. Uh, it's very cool. And, and, you know, looking into some like secret histories uh, and like chatting with some uh, familiar characters. Uh, and it's just like cozy and homey, but like the intro also, uh, you know, talks about, um, uh, her writing a new cookbook, Beyond the Rifts, <laughs> finding sustenance in the quiet corners of Dominaria, um, as, as a new cookbook. So we, we kind of get like a weird little sequel story to Chef Surprise, which was her original story in, uh, uh, Distant Plains, because I have to talk about Distant Plains every episode or I die. It's like speed. <laughs> um, bomb goes off if I don't uh, talk about this in planes. Yeah, I I love having Asmore's point of view. Um, I do want to mention uh, one of the first recipes is called Necromancer's Pasta from the Dominaria section, which is a tribute to Liliana uh, and like the Caligo uh, swamp. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost said Caligo Forest, but I'm pretty sure it's been a swamp for a really long time now. Uh, it was, it it was is, a forest and became a swamp. Yeah. Um, but one thing to mention, I first of all, I really like this recipe because it does sort of tell a story about Liliana within the recipe and not just the blurb. Uh, mm-hmm. It is like, you know, it has the goth girl aesthetic of like the squid ink pasta that's like black. And I like that. But the recipe also includes a lot of mushrooms and like different kinds of mushrooms, which pulls in that influence from, you know, being Caligo in a swamp where you'd find a lot of mushrooms. Uh, and then also... Liliana and her, you know, mastery over death magic. And if there's anything more associated with death than a mushroom, I don't know what it is because <laughs> they are they are very much associated with it. Estes um, root. So yeah. yeah. Vic- Estes Victoria Estes. the Shep. Is that what it's called? Something like that. Uh, whatever the Raven Man has are fine. Mm-hmm. Vic- oh, yeah. Estes. Estes. Oh, yeah. Estes. Something like that. Uh, so... Victoria put so much thought into each one mm-hmm. of these recipes. It's really, it's really great to see. It was phenomenal because mm-hmm. in the in the little author blurb for her at the back, uh, I just list a bunch of other IP stuff, and I looked up um, her, uh, you know, the other cookbooks, all the other cookbooks she's done, and it's just like what a what a strange and wonderful little like author niche of I write cookbooks inspired by big IPs. What a, like. That's just the thing she does. And what a cool, like, being able to just, like, look at these things and try to translate the vibes of a game or something into food is mm-hmm. a really cool creative project. So uh, I, I, I think, you know, we've said it a couple times this episode. One of the cool things about this is the recipes also really convey the things. Uh, it rules, actually. And uh, one last shout out to uh, Victoria. Uh, All of the photos of the food are really nice and really well done. But I really love when there's like a little detail in the background of the photo that really emphasizes that like these are for magic. So like, Mm -hmm. for example, the Necromancer's Pasta has Liliana's uh, stolen angel headdress in the background. Um, The Jace's coffee drink, the Bellerin's Brew, I think what, what it's called, Bellerin's Blend. Uh, has like a glowing blue orb in the background. It's just, it's very cute. Um, And I appreciate those little touches a lot. Um, But speaking of recipes, there's a couple of recipes that I thought in this section were very good from a story point of view um, and like a characterization. And that's the all the time in the world croissants. 
uh, which are a <laughs> recipe from Teferi, which take 50 hours plus of work to create because they are croissants. Oh my god, I didn't even look yeah. at the time. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, because because you have to you have to make the dough and it, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a very intensive process. And then those are immediately Inactive followed. Time fifty <laughs> hours. I love uh, it. Okay, those yeah. are immediately followed by Niambi's spicy bean relish, which only takes like. 20 minutes 30 minutes to make and it's like a really spicy relish um and both of the story blurbs are like about teferi talking about how taking time to enjoy things and then niambi telling a story about her mother subira and how she was just like sometimes you just gotta make things hot and spicy and fast um and i liked having that (laughs) that like those two characters being contrasted against each other not just in the story blurbs but in the recipes themselves so i thought Mm -hmm. that was really really sweet and then we also have a, a homerids bisque with the possessive on the homerids plural, uh, which I'm sure Lorelai was happy to read is not eating homerids. It's a oh, bisque. Oh, it is them. though. Okay, but <laughs> the, the blurb. So uh, this is a wonderful. This is a cute blurb. I'm grumpy, mm. obviously, about the <laughs> obvious joke about eating homerids. It's upsetting. They're people, by the way. You're eating sapient people with a culture and families and children. They don't consider you people, but you're still eating them. And that's bad. Um, (laughs) But this is in uh, Madara, the Isle of Madara, uh, where Esmeralda, Mardika, Dyson, the Kuldakar is learning about uh, the history where uh, the the evil elder dragon, Nicol Bolas, used to be emperor and treasured the taste of Hamarid so much that he hired like specific hunters to go bring homerid meat to make homerid meals for him um and what a wonderful piece of history (laughs) to like make this make sense hey these are sapient people but it's like lobsters and we can do a lobster bisque but how does this make sense well the most evil guy in the multiverse is the one who was eating the people obviously uh and uh it's cute. Yeah. And uh, I like that it's followed by uh, ooze-infused biscuits, which are just uh-huh. Cheddar Bay biscuits from... <laughs> they're just lo- they're just Red yeah. Lobster Cheddar Bay biscuits recipe. I, I marked this one down in my book as a, you need to remember this recipe's in here because you're probably going to make these at some point and probably several times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, well, mm-hmm. and, and so this yeah. is another case of the recipes going together. Uh, this continues the story. Uh, Bolas also hired ooze hunters to make the ooze biscuits. Uh, and specifically, Asmarana, Marika, Dyson, and Kuldegard notes that they go with the Amrit's bisque. Yeah. Uh, and, like, it's all just paired together. It's cute. There there are a couple other cool ones I, I want to mention. Just give a shout out to some more drinks. Uh, there is Quicksilver, uh, which is Karn's drink of choice. Uh, hold the Power Stones, though, please. Uh, and it's also an alcoholic beverage. Uh, it looks sort of like a uh sake liqueur with club soda uh and then we have black lotus tea uh which is also very entertaining because you know you can't have a magic product without a black lotus reference but the one the the one i think we were all waiting to talk Mm -hmm. about is yeah so there's a recipe for uh granite gargoyle wings which um i don't know i don't know how familiar any listeners are there with uh, gargos but they're made of stones which is the joke of the underworld cookbook is that asmarana martica 
Esmeralda, Mardika, Dyson, and Kulikar is making a bunch of inedible things for a demon. Um, but obviously, real people can't eat rocks. Um, so, uh, the blurb is just uh, two sentences that I'm going to read. Uh, so as to not disappoint the fans of her first book, The Underworld Cookbook, Asmore has updated an old fan favorite. If gargoyles are uncommon in your corner of the multiverse, a free-range or mesa chicken will do nicely, which is also a little unglued reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they're just chicken wings. <laughs> um, <laughs> they are more than just chicken wings. I will let you know. This recipe is very similar to uh, the like sauce that you make to coat the wings in, that you cook mm-hmm. the wings with. Uh, is very, very close to, uh, uh, I can't pronounce this correctly, a yang niam sauce from Korea, South Korea, which is the like spicy sauce that Korean fried chicken is often served with mm-hmm. um, or tossed in. Uh, you, It's a very easy to make sauce. I have a recipe for chickpeas that makes that's cooked with these. The sauce that is amazing um, comes from Eric Kim's cookbook, Korean American. Highly recommend it. It's a great cookbook. Um but I wanted to talk about how this is like a standout recipe in the book. Everyone who buys this book is going to look for the granite gargoyle wings because, of course, they are. Mm-hmm. But like, this is also a recipe that a lot of, I would say, the audience who is most likely to interact with this, which is like a Western white audience, which is a large portion of Magic the Gathering's fan base, may never have considered making what is a Korean fried chicken recipe. And so the mm. author is like, hey... You should make this. This is actually really good. And you may never have made it before or thought about it. But if I hide it as granite gargoyle wings, maybe you'll make it and you'll really enjoy it. So, uh, <laughs> like and it's it's cute. One of the ingredients is black food gel uh, to, yes. to color to color the sauce to make them look like they're made of stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is cute. Okay, so that does it for Dominaria. At this point, like, we can't cover every individual recipe, so we've highlighted a few we want to call out, but that's not to say that there aren't so many fantastic-looking recipes in this book. Uh, I'm very excited to make a bunch of this in the future. Uh, And there are a few Rima wants to make with me, too, which we'll talk about when we get to Kaladesh. Uh, But Eldraine, Eldraine's point of view, its frame for all of the recipes is like a modern fairy tale on Eldraine. So it's it's told like a fairy tale and goes from uh, all the different characters you would expect on Eldraine. Uh, but the first cute one we want to talk about is the Ginger Brute. Yeah. Because they had to. They had to. They had to. Uh, also, uh, I w- it's very I will also cute. say Eldraine is, Eldraine is mostly pastries with a few like very savory dishes as is appropriate to, like, a, a British, you know, food. But Ginger Brute has a bunch of cute-looking uh, gingerbread men and then a Ginger Brute-looking one. And when you turn the page, uh, Ginger Brute is still there, but what? But one of the uh, gingerbread men has had its arm cracked off and is now frowning uh, because of what Ginger Brute has done to it. It's, it's, it's adorable. I love it so much. Yeah, it's it's one of those recipes where a lot of what makes it cute is the photographs, and it's just a mm-hmm. solid gingerbread cookie recipe. It's probably really useful this time of year, um, and it's you know it's cute. It's very fun. Uh, but that recipe is followed immediately by a recipe I really want to talk about: Oko's elk, 
um, which has a cute little blurb about Oko getting paid to help a town that was infested with elks by like leading the elks away. And then he can't get rid of them. <laughs> like they won't leave him alone, uh, which is really a cute idea. And um, but the thing about the recipe that I really like is it's like a it's like a beef stew recipe, right? It's a recipe for like a stew with a hearty meat. And in this case, the recipe specifically tells you to use elk meat, mm-hmm. elk stew meat. I don't know who can get their hands on elk meat on like a normal day, right? There's like that's not like a normal thing you go to the grocery store and grab. But, no, I mean, you probably no. specifically have to find a butcher. Yes. And this lets me talk about one thing I really love about this book is the uh-huh. end of it includes an ingredients yes. glossary. And so the ingredients glossary, basically every ingredient in the book has a section in this glossary, unless it's like, you know, like pepper or salt. Um, and you can go to the ingredients glossary and you can go to the section that says elk stew meat. And Victoria has written in there, hey, if you can't get elk meat, you can try venison or ground chuck. That's mm-hmm. so like it tells you like what you can do instead of elk meat. Yeah, there's there's a lot of substitutions in there. Uh, every recipe has dietary notes. So some stuff is dairy free or vegan or whatever. Uh, and, and those notes are listed. And then, uh, like you just said, the, the glossary has some substitution notes for some things. Um, and of course, the glossary doesn't need to tell you what salt is. Magic players know what salt is. <laughs> um, but also, if you can get access to elk, please make this with elk. Elk is delicious phenomenal meat um as a gamey meat fan i like it a lot yeah uh so let's let's jump ahead to innistrad which has everyone's favorite (laughs) innistradi planeswalker tybalt as the uh as the narration for most of it and the rest so good is our good twin good friend twins uh gisa and garolf yeah i want i want to yeah no go ahead sorry no, the one thing I'll note is when you're asking me if this book is canon, I need you to understand that Tybalt is full of shit for a lot of this. Like <laughs> in the opening, in the opening, he talks about, oh, he knew where Avicen was years before. <laughs> like this is Tybalt's internal monologue, even sort of tongue in cheek, knowing he's full of shit. All all of these blurbs in the Innistrad section made me laugh. They were all very cute. I liked it a lot. Um, The Innistrad section is very, very good. Uh, I think all of them are good, but the Innistrad section one is, I want to say chef's kiss, but I feel like that's already been taken up by the Dominaria section. So yeah, that's like a specifically Asmarana, Marnica, Dyson, and Kuldukar thing. But like you mentioned, the Innistrad section does include recipes from our favorite uh, sibling pair uh, in in the form of... um, Garolf's Franken chicken and Gisa's Raisin Right chicken, which are two different recipes for whole chickens that are yeah very different from each other. And I I really love that the book did that. That they said, let's make two competing recipes between these two siblings and have them be the same thing but different. Yeah, like it's are. uh it's uh it's it's two it's two whole baked chickens. Um it plays up the sibling rivalry of so their whole history of the zombie war of who can make better zombies and it's literally just back to back whole baked chicken recipes because they cannot let the other one have some you know have a leg up on them and it's phenomenal storytelling and narrative design 
just by slapping two recipes next to each other. It's perfect. Environmental storytelling. <laughs> uh, and then there was another recipe we want to talk about here. The Renin 6 salad, right? Yeah, so it's a Renin 6 salad. You had in here in the notes originally Salad of Seven, which I think is also a good name for it. Um, I wanted to talk about this one because I... It, it goes hand in hand with the previous recipe in a way to fairies uh, slow the sunset. Um, but what this is, is it is a recipe from the point of view of Renin and Six. And I looked at the recipe and I wasn't super into it because it's just like an egg salad. And it's, I'm sure, very good. But like, you know, I'm not I'm not looking for that. But I read the blurb and I really loved it because it is about the friendship between Rin and Teferi. Uh, and Tibble is very much um, scared of that power couple. And he calls them rin fairy and i i now have a ship i never knew i needed well, in so, my life no the important thing here is that of any planeswalker who understands fandom shipping it's going to be tibble oh absolutely <laughs> this is true that's fair that is entirely fair and i appreciate this detail more than most of any others in this book <laughs> oh, hurry, P. Tibble. I'm going to miss Je you so Jenna, much. Jenna knew exactly what she was doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so let's let's move on because we're, we're running low on yeah. time here. So our next one is Kaldheim. And I just want to say for Kaldheim, this has like the most consistent storytelling and recipes of any of the planes mm -hmm. in that every single one of the recipes that are from Kaldheim feel sort of like something you would eat on Kaldheim. You know, they mm -hmm. all feel very much like they fit that aesthetic that Kaldheim has of sort of like uh, Norse mythology and like Northern European uh, feel to it. And then also Tyvar is the point of view and he is incredible. And it's about him trying to like perform feats of strength. The intro blurb is really fun. If if Sean and McGuire has not read this yet, I need her to read it. Um, <laughs> the whole thing is very cute, Tyvar. But especially I like the fact that like it goes through from his point of view and all of the recipes are about Tyvar trying to like come up with a recipe about his story. Um, and so like they're they're all like events in his life and things like that. And I liked it a lot. It's um, it was a very cute section to read. When taken all together, too, it's also very much a hero's like feast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, in, in Starnheim. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you can you can. That's really exemplified well on the Eternal Feast Roast, which is a rack of lamb recipe. And you can see three of the other recipes from this section in the background of the photograph. And also, oh my god, these lamb chops look so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so let's let's jump forward to Kamigawa, because there are two things we want to talk about here. Uh, this is all from Tamio's point of view. It's mostly these from are, Tamio's like, the, point of view. Let's be clear. Mostly. You're right. Mostly Sorry, from mostly. Tamio's point of view. Uh, and there, it's all about like recipes that for her family and things mm -hmm. that evoke memories with her family. Uh, one of them that is not specifically is uh, Kaito's mochi, and Kaito's mochi is a. And this is where it helps to have the lore master uh, working on uh -huh. your cookbook. Uh, so, in the original Kamigawa block, the villain, the Kami of the Crescent Moon is uh nicknamed mochi because he looks like a little blue mochi uh and so then when the uh kamigawa neon dynasty story was coming out 
uh, there is a reference to mochi in it. I'm like, how about we make the mochi blue as a reference to this blue kami who is nicknamed mochi. And not long after we were working on that story, we also had a recipe for mochi here. Uh, and so we made this one blue, too, as a reference to both the story and to the classic villain. Yeah, so I this made me really happy to see uh, one of the first things Kaito does in magic fiction is uh, steal mochi from a kitchen because uh, mm-hmm. he likes snacks. Um, and see, seeing this here is, was very, very good. Also, please make the mochi recipe mochi is yummy. Yeah, and mochi is yummy. It's also the recipe that is saying that uh, this is one of the last things that Tamio wrote in her journal. Uh, because this story, this book does cover the fact that Tamio is completed and dies, um, which is sad and a bummer, and it almost made me cry. Uh, because the last recipe in the Kamigawa section is uh, the Remembrance Nikudango, which Nikudango, I'm I'm not entirely sure. Uh, it is a recipe for a meatball. The point is, is that the blurb mentions that this recipe was left behind. It was one of the last things that Tamio had. Uh, and it tells a story about her telling her story, a story to her kids about a village that is completely destroyed and a lot of people die, but some people live. And how uh, her child, uh, Nashi, is um, the one who tells her that it's it's a story about, and I'm trying to find the exact words here. I'm going to pick up my book so I can read it. <clears throat> he says, uh, even if bad things happen, you can endure Tamiyo agreed. She hugged her children and said, no matter what happens, our family endures. Um, And that was really heartbreaking. And it almost made me cry because it was just a really nice section. And it was really cute to hear Tamiyo talking about feeding her family and then to have a recipe remembering her. Uh, And it's some meatballs. I'm sure they're delicious. They're they're wild (laughs) boar. And once I like gamey meats, I love wild boar. They sound delicious. Jenna is good at this. That's all I have to say about that. All right, and then Theros. Speaking of Jenna, we have Theros, who has a which has a Xenagos POV. Uh, Xenagos was written almost entirely by Jenna in her original Theros block novellas. Uh, so this was a chance for her to get uh, to revisit uh, one of her characters that is dead. Uh, so when we talk about canonicity, uh, Xenagos is not secretly alive somewhere thinking about food. Okay, uh, this is this is just a cookbook. This one is just for fun. Yeah, and it's also interesting because each of the recipes in this section is themed after a different planeswalker rather than being like recipes from Theros. I mean, they are, but like there's Xenagos's Divine Dip, Elspeth's Finally Found Home Stew, Nico's Perfect Target Lamb, Kithian's Lament, Ajani's Lost Kitty Bites, which is the cutest name, uh, and Ashiok's Nightmare Muse, which is, of course, a very dark purple cocktail, but they're all themed after planeswalkers. And I, I think that was a cute idea for, for Theros. Also note for Kithian's lament, the last thing that, uh, Xenagos has in here, because Jenna is aware of all of our fan theories and such. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Kithian will be crowned. He, uh, Xenagos says he will crown Kithian God beef slap. Uh, and that we don't have time to get into it, but, uh, demigod gideon has been a theory in magic for a very long time it's kind of moot now but uh yeah it was a very cute reference there so then we have zendikar which is from the point of view of bruce tarl 
So that was an interesting choice I wasn't expecting. I love Bruce. Bruce Tarl yeah. is one of a fan favorite character from Zendikar. Um, mm-hmm. I've gotten to write some Bruce flavor text. Uh, wonderful character. So happy. Like, I, I love that the POV characters are a mix between Planeswalkers and like fan favorite non-Planeswalker characters. I think that's very cool. Yeah, and there's a lot of really cool recipes in here. A lot of like... Um, there's like a Pavlova, a Babka, things like that. Uh, I want to mention the name that made me groan of any recipe. <laughs> Imrakruler is a donut recipe named for Imrakul, the Imrakruler. Yeah, Imrakruler. Uh, yeah it, um, it, it's it's perfection. It's it's my favorite pun in the in the book. The the Imrakruler. They also look really good, but that's because donuts are good. Mm-hmm. I think in my in my notes, like this was. This recipe was in there from the start. I'm like, this is this is perfection. This is the energy I want the whole book to have. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Kaladesh. Uh-huh. Uh, so Kaladesh has uh, a lot of recipes from uh, Chandra Nalar's, um, uh, Chandra Nalar's point of view. Uh, but a lot of this is um, because it's kind of like Inventor's Fair themed. A lot of this is more, well, one, because it's Chandra, a lot of it is quicker food, uh, but the rest of it is like either uh, street food or interesting combinations. Um, so obviously you have samosas and things like that. Um, but my favorite one in here is from Pachatupa to Girapur, which is a Huatli Sahili fusion meal, mm-hmm. uh, which is a paneer burrito. Uh, so paneer is like the, um, it is both the Hindi word for cheese and very specifically an Indian cheese by itself. Uh, and this is going to be the first one me and Rima cook out of this book. Uh, probably over the holiday, we're going to put it together for ourselves and give it a try. Invite me over. <laughs> the uh, the section for it also includes recipes for an Ixalan rice and a corn slaw, which I think is cute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, let's go lesbians. What? Yeah. Uh, the blurb for this one is also really cute. It's about Chandra at a game night that's hosted by Sahili with Watley. And it's just really, it's a really cute story that has a lot of characterization for Watley and Sahili and Chandra. That was delightful. Uh, specifically how they all were like, like react to, to quiz games, um, which is fun. Watley, Watley <laughs> invented a game called uh, Multiverse Trivia with questions like, how many horns does an Ikorian Felidar have? Who created the Hell Vault? Where can you find a Narlin? And Sahili usually wins. <laughs> and Chandra has only flipped the board once physically, but many more spiritually. So I think what's really important about this one is that they're burritos, uh, which for lesbians, which means they're Uritos. That's Uri. Oh, Urito. I get it. Yeah, that's good. I like that. All right. Before we I, I, all oh, wait, stomp away from this podcast. <laughs> I very quick. I have to. The the. um. Um, the, the broiled chicken recipe for Kieran's memory, unfortunately, first of all, looks really delicious. Unfortunately made me laugh because it says Kieran's memory. And I look at the opposite page in the picture of the food and it's a bunch of like black and chicken. And I'm just like, (laughs) that is what happened. He did get burned up. That's true. Um, after he got stabbed. Yeah, it's a tandoori chicken. So that one is, that one's a classic Mm -hmm. Indian food usually you get at any indian restaurant is the tandoori chicken i did want to mention for the 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 karen's memory it specifically calls it tandoori chicken in the blurb 
So like this is sort of, I want to say like a little bit of fourth wall breaking kind of. I mean, I'm sure Tandoori's exist on Kaladesh, but I thought it was interesting that like we call it Tandoori chicken. They call it Tandoori chicken, you know? Uh, uh, ten, tandoori just means like it's like the the uh, traditional Indian oven, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just it's you know it's just a it's just a toy. Uh, but there's also you know the standard Indian staples here: samosa. Uh, there's a gulab jamun recipe, which is you know fried dough balls mm-hmm. dipped in a simple mm-hmm. syrup sauce. Which the is, pictures of mm-hmm. everything look so. I haven't eaten dinner yet while we're recording this. There's a mistake. <laughs> everything looks so good. I'm so hungry. And then we had to have like a Bengalasi in here, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, the last one here. And this is, uh, I tried as much as possible to include like canon recipes, like, you know, Jace drinks coffee, uh, or we, I should say we, this wasn't, this wasn't just me. Uh, but like Chandra, uh, we know, drinks Mangalasi and enjoys it from some of her stories. She likes mango. Gotta make sure it's in there. Yay! All right, and then finally, because we don't have a lot of time left, let's, uh, the the last one is an Ixalan section, which features Jace and Vraska uh, during their time sailing the sea. We can just skip this. Nobody likes Jace and Vraska. Not at all. No, they're <laughs> not a popular couple at all. There's some really cool stuff in here, like three sun conchas. Uh, the mm. braised dino ribs uh, look amazing. It looks so good. Yeah, there's there's a different recipe for each of the four factions, and then you know there's there's some some good island fare. It's a it's a good section. There's a lot of stuff that would be, I would say, a lot of very easy to cook foods in this Ixalan section, except for the braised braised dino ribs. Those are those are difficult. <laughs> those those oh, are yeah, complicated. They, uh, I also appreciate that every ingredient is included in the glossary at the back to explain mm-hmm. what it is if you don't know what's going on, especially because there's so much uh, like international fusion dishes happening here. Mm-hmm. But like on the braised dino ribs, the recipe does just say bone in dino ribs. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this this book, I mean, honestly, this is this is a good purchase. I'm very excited to try some of these recipes. Hopefully by the new year, I will have tried a couple. Uh, it is very cute. Jenna did an amazing job writing all of the blurbs here. Victoria did an amazing job. Uh, really evoking characters and places with a lot of these recipes where it's just fun to look at. Like, I, mm-hmm. I can't recommend this book enough. Yeah, I think it's a great gift to give to your your friend who likes magic and cooking. And it's just a good cookbook. Like, there's a lot of recipes in here. Like I mentioned with the ooze-infused biscuits, I'm probably going to make those sometime in the near future. And it's nice to have them in a cookbook rather than just Googling Cheddar Bay biscuit recipe and hoping I get the right one. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm not sure there's much more to say. We've spent a whole hour raving about this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, oh, go ahead, Lorelai. Sorry. No, I was just agreeing. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, should we move on to final thoughts? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't have anything more to say about Asperna, Marnica, Dyson, Kuldekar, or any of the other Underworld cookbook references here. Uh, I think the book covers <laughs> them pretty well. Uh, go buy Distant Plains, read Chef Surprise. Uh, Vincent is great. Asmarano Madarka Dyson Kuldakar is great. It's a great story. Highly recommend. That's not my final thought. That's just a thought at the end. Yeah, and if your if your canon question is is Asmore something or other still alive, 
uh, my answer for you is maybe we'll go with sure. Yes. Uh, first of all, her name she is. She did spend a lot of time in Dyson Cool Dakar, and yes, her story is uh, timeline agnostic uh, as written. Uh, and so maybe she's alive, maybe she's not. That's probably not a thing that's going to be answered in a canon story somewhere, unless for some reason, as Miranda Marnica Dyson and Kuldegar becomes narratively relevant in the future. Yeah. Also, people on Dominaria just tend to live for a very long time. She also <laughs> spent a lot of time not on Dominaria because she was in hell, in the abyss. Yeah. Um, yep. Which is just anyway, a place. Final thoughts. In, final thoughts. In or I'll keep talking about this. Oh, final thoughts. Oh, geez. I talked about Godzilla Minus One. Go see Godzilla oh, Minus One. Yeah, for, it's still in theaters. For, you should really go see it. For folks in the amazing. United States, they keep putting it in more theaters every week because it's phenomenal. Um, I, I, it is the most intense a Godzilla film has ever been. This isn't like a gentle, fun romp, I have to warn you. Like, this is a, uh, this is intense, emotional... Uh, you will be actually physically afraid of Godzilla at least one point in this film. Like it is amazing. I, I think they said it was uh the the best opening weekend for a um non animated Japanese language film in American history. Um, which means it beat out Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which everyone was so happy about because I'm old enough to remember when that came out. Anyway, go see it, please. Yeah, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was a big deal. Came out. Um, so yeah, that's impressive that it, it beat out uh, that uh, the other foreign language film that we had done well, so well. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is in Mandarin, not Japanese. So that's true. It's maybe not Japanese, different, maybe but it different. is foreign language. Yeah. yeah. Did, did I say um, Japanese or foreign language? I think you said, you said Japanese. Japanese oh, I meant, meant I, I, yeah, I, I, I meant foreign yeah. language. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I need to see it. Um, Go see it. it. Keeps getting added to more theaters. I've been busy. Sucker. Don't take your I've children. Been... I swear to God, do not take your children. Well, like I've we got went, some good I was like, should I brought, you, <laughs> Should I have brought? No, I mean in general to the people at home. Uh, there were like younger children going to see this Godzilla movie, and I think their parents regretted their life choices. And when Reem and I went to see it, I'm like, man, am I glad I didn't bring Arjun? That's as okay. much as I uh, love this kid, and he loves Godzilla. I sat, it's not for. I sat next to a ten year old when I saw Watchmen, so. Nice. <laughs> nice. I I definitely saw a TikTok where someone was like, I cried at a Godzilla movie. Um, so I'm excited. But uh I have been spending all of my time divided between two different video games because that's what I do. I did finish reading a book. I'm not gonna talk about it. You can learn about that in our Discord. But uh I watched or I'm now playing World of Warcraft, uh, just because I want to play through the new story stuff from Dragonflight. It was on sale. It's actually really good. Like, I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, don't know if it's going to stay in my life, but it was fun to play through the story. And Baldur's Gate 3 is out on Xbox now. So that's where I've been for the past several hundred hours of my life now. Uh -huh. um, not hundred hours, but a lot. I've been spending a lot of time playing Baldur's Gate 3. I am still discovering brand new things in that game. This Same. is like the third time I've sat down and like really played the game. And I am in the first act still experiencing whole new things that I did not experience the first time or second big. time. Very big. Yeah. Uh, my, my real actual final thought um, uh, is a, Hey, COVID is getting worse. Go get a COVID booster. I am currently in horrible pain because I don't handle the COVID. I haven't handled the, any of the COVID boosters. Well, um, but go get your COVID booster, please. Thank you.
and your flu shot. I've gotten both yeah. of those uh, within the last like couple months, so I'm good. <laughs> Me too. All uh, right. Um, well, if you do pick up this cookbook uh, and you cook anything from it, uh, and you want a place to talk to other Magic fans who may have picked up this cookbook and cooked from it, uh, our Discord server has a food channel for everyone to talk about their little MTG meals that they make. Um, you, everyone who supports us on Patreon gets access to this Discord. That's patreon.com slash the cast. And uh, we want to thank everyone who supports us there. Uh, and and is active on our Discord. Even if you just lurk, we appreciate you. And uh, it's a great time. There's a lot of wonderful folks there. I don't think it's really one of the best places to have conversation. Like, if I want to talk about fandoms, for the most part, I only do it in this <laughs> cast because, like, it's so hard. Like, even Godzilla has gotten so divisive and toxic. Like, I just want to talk about it with the, reasonable the, the people. New, the new Godzilla, the new MonsterVerse. Uh, trailer has the godzilla fandom in heated combat with itself <laughs> it's goofy yeah. and silly and it's not the vibes i want out of the monster verse but i'm not yelling at people on the internet that they're <laughs> wrong about it i i think that ship has sailed after godzilla versus kong did so well so yeah, yeah. We're, we're gonna go we're going for more showa era vibes yeah. and that's fine so i will yeah. say uh if you're excited about the Vorthos cast in Chicago and you want to know like where we're going to be and like hang out with us and stuff, uh, chances are if we're going to hang out with our, our fans or our listeners, it's going to be organized through our Discord channel or Discord server. So like if you're thinking, hey, I'm going to be in Chicago, I want to hang out with other Vorthoses, come to our Discord, join our Patreon <laughs> and you'll get into our Discord where we'll probably be posting about like where we're hanging out and playing games and stuff. So, yeah, we should actually plan things in a, like in advance this time. That would be great. Yeah, <laughs> much easier to get dinner when you plan it. All right, I'll, thank I'll, you all I'll, for listening. Hold on. Alternatively, you know where we're going to be at eleven. Uh, yeah, ambush us eleven a.m. Saturday. Panel. We'll probably stick around mm-hmm. uh, the main stage after the panel if folks. Uh, we had a bunch of people get stuff signed in uh, Philly the last time we did this. So, uh, come come see us and say hi. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast.